critical. If you're going to be competitive, you have to have mobile solutions and live field data and cloud-based solutions with dashboards and instant visibility for multiple people. Those things are becoming a requirement if you're, if you're going to not only thrive, but survive. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast sponsored by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is Mike Merrill. He is the chief evangelist and co-founder of WorkMax and also the host of the Mobile Workforce podcast, which is centered around conversations with experts that have been where you are and made it to the other side. He has an extensive career in helping to push the construction industry forward. I got the pleasure of joining his podcast last week to unpack one of my soapbox topics, the marketing problem that exists in the construction industry. I encourage you to go over to the Mobile Workforce podcast to listen to that conversation. And now let's jump into part two of that conversation with Mike. All right, Mike, well, welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Super excited to, to finish our conversation that we started over on, on your podcast. Yeah, I'm excited too. Thanks, Todd, for having me today. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, so I always love to hear the, the backstory of how people got into the construction industry. Great. So yeah, I, uh, as a young man uh, in high school, I always, I always thought it'd be cool to build my own house. I mean, I was in wood shop and metal shop and and uh, my parents always talk about building a home. So it was, it was a goal that I had, but I never really knew how I was going to even be in that position. I didn't know anything about a 16 penny nail or, you know, grabber screws. I, I, just, I didn't know any of the terminology. Yeah. But, uh, when I graduated from high school, the girl that I was dating, who's now my wife of 26 years. Uh, that worked had, out well. Yeah, <laughs> well for me, but uh, her, her dad was a contractor. And so, I'd be over hanging out and, you know, I worked at baseball card shops and delivered pizzas and did, you know, kind of teenage type things when I was younger, but I needed to earn some real money. And uh, so her, her dad kept asking me all the time, Hey, when are you going to come work on my framing crew? And I could really use some help. And, you know, why don't you come and, and give this a whirl? So finally he talked me into it. And uh, after just a few weeks of doing it, I was hooked. I absolutely loved framing and, we started doing finished carpentry and learning more things. So I was just fascinated with it. And the more I got into it, the more I realized, Hey, I really have a passion for this and, and I'm pretty good at it. And I like it. So. Nice. That's awesome. Love hearing the, the passion sparked there. Yeah. Uh, so on the, the mobile workforce podcast, we started part one of our, our conversation for listeners. If you have it, listen to that episode. I encourage you to go over there and, and listen to that. But in that conversation, we diagnosed the the marketing problem that the whole construction industry has. Um, I wonder if you could kind of give a, a quick recap to, to catch the, the Bridging the Gap audience up. Yeah, I think uh, we talked about a few of the challenges that exist. I, I know, again, just, you know, watching sitcoms on TV or just generally uh, there's, there's a perception that maybe construction's not necessarily the most glamorous industry to work in or, you know, the blue collar workers, you know, always dirty and has grease on their face and wears a hard hat home for dinner and, you know, yep. <laughs> things that uh, clearly aren't the case. Um, and so uh, I think we were just trying to shine a light on the value that the construction industry brings to society 
and how truly important we are to the operation and function of everything that, that impacts our lives every day and keeps us safe and healthy. And, and uh, again, all the buildings and things that uh, when we go out to eat to a restaurant or when we have to go to the hospital or when we need to go to the airport, all of these things were built by companies in construction. And so uh, they have enhanced our lives greatly. And we, we owe a lot of gratitude and, and have a, a great debt to them. And so I think there's just a need to raise awareness and shine a bright light on the services and the things that they do to enhance our lives. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you, you summed it up there. Well, there's, there's not a, an aspect of life that construction really hasn't impacted and, and touched when you, you stop and think about it, that everything that there is has been built by somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so you asked me uh, this question in a way on, on the, the first part of the, the conversation, but would love to hear your take on it as well. Uh, do you think that the perception and marketing problem exists for those just outside the industry or is there a gap for those inside the industry as well? You know, I, I think it's both places for sure. I know uh, construction workers don't always, especially in the, the lower end, the entry level positions, the laborer level, they don't always necessarily esteem the work that they're doing as highly as, as I think they should. And I think uh, as, as foremen and, and superintendents, field managers, and then even office management, upper management ownership needs to uh, echo the value that, that these employees bring to the organization and the important work that they're doing. And some companies do a great job of it. And we've had a few guests on our podcast of some of our customers and companies that are really uh, culture driven and, and I think do a really nice job. But I think generally in the industry, uh, we need to raise the bar of that perception internally first. And then I think it's going to be easier to share that message with the rest of the world and help them understand. I think this, this new coin phrase of essential workers has actually helped uh, bring more awareness of the value that they bring. And, and I think we need to kind of ride that wave and continue that marketing and messaging campaign so that the world understands and, and shares that value back with us. Yeah, interesting. So you mentioned something in the, the first part of that answer of the laborers kind of don't esteem to have it as a, a career, maybe. Why do you think that that's the, the case? I think in this day and age of technology, a lot of people think, you know, there's easier ways to make fast money. And, and so uh, that shortcut mentality that the, the negative side of technology and advancement can, can portray is very alluring and attractive mm -hmm. to people. Uh, I think we all want to be more efficient in anything that we're doing, but efficiency doesn't mean shortcut. Those are, to me, those are two different things. How would you define efficiency then? Well, I think efficiency is, is uh, spending less time and resources doing an equal or better quality job on something. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I agree with that for sure. Uh, from your experience in construction, have you seen this marketing and perception gap that exists really play out in real life? Well, I think, uh, you know, as a young contractor way back in the day when I first got into business before we started our software for construction company uh, 18 years ago now, it's been a long time. 
but I spent about 10 years uh, in the trades and as a general contractor. I was almost, I almost wore it as a badge of honor that I didn't ever have to market. I, it was all word of mouth and yeah, I was proud of that and it kept me really busy. However, sometimes that didn't serve me either because you know, if you're giving somebody a really good deal and they're telling their friend or their, their sibling or someone else, you, you may get locked into that same kind of preferred pricing and you're, it, it kind of lowers the value of, of what you're able to provide. So if, if I was able to market that better to the broader market and, and to those that, that needed the, the types of buildings and homes that I was doing, I probably could have been more successful and been more profitable in that. So it's not always better to keep doing what you're doing because you believe it's working. It, it's, I think it's important to always spend a portion of your time trying to improve and see what you can do to grow and expand your horizons instead of, again, going back to this way I've always done it. It's always worked for me. I'm just going to keep, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That mentality that sometimes, you know, construction has coined a phrase on. Even. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, curious on the, the word of mouth. Do you think that that, obviously, you know, referrals are, are going to be a, a great source of, of leads coming in. Uh, you definitely want that and that denotes a, a very healthy company. Do you think that the impact of that has changed over the last few years or has kind of something else popped up? I do. Uh, and, and I, as a consumer myself, uh, and we talked about this on the episode we recorded before, I read reviews on everything. I don't care who tells me what about anybody. I still do a little bit of research because the information is so accessible. Yeah. I, can, I can Google anyone quickly. And as far as construction companies or projects, I can look at reviews. I can read complaints. So I can just kind of watch for those warning signs and those things to be aware of. And uh, so I, you know, it's the same if you're buying a pair of headphones, you know, you may, you may look on eBay, you may look on classifieds, you, you're looking for sales, you look for coupon codes. So maybe, you know, any other way you're trying to find a deal because that information is so accessible. I think that people are going to look online anyway. So even if somebody says they're great, but if I can't find you anywhere and you don't have a website, or you know places documented that I can take a virtual tour of or other ways that I can get confidence, I'm probably gonna go somewhere else where I can get that. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC MEP and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. Uh, so from your vantage point, what kind of process should really be put in place and, and implemented to help overcome this perception problem? Well, I think it, it really does start internally within our organizations with the employees and that, that team culture. Um, I think, you know, employees, again, I used to wear the tattered Levi's with holes in them, you know, in and out of the trailer every day. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't necessarily always dress as, as appropriately as I could have. 
So I think just our overall perception of people would be raised if, if they didn't look quite as tattered out there on the job sites. And so, you know, maybe raising the bar of um, how we portray ourselves out there. Um, I, I think that's a, that would be a great start for companies to start elevating the level of perception of them. Yeah. I'm curious with that because, uh, you know, I think of construction as taking a lot of pride in their work. You, you drive by a, a building with somebody that worked on that job site and they're going to point out, hey, I worked on that. I, I helped build that. Do you, where's the, um, the disconnect with maybe on the appearance for your example on where, where does that disconnect come in with taking pride and appearance versus pride and actually building and, and what you did? Well, I think, you know, I had a baseball coach that used to say, if you want to play like a baseball player, you got to dress like one. And, and he meant it. I mean, he, he wanted you to look sharp. Yeah. And, and if you take a ground ball in an ugly way or your forms doesn't look right, or it, the perception of your performance could, could look worse than it really was. Sure. So I think it is important that we carry ourselves a certain way. And again, if, if, uh, if people are, you know, a little more clean cut looking, they, they're probably going to be trusted a little bit more by a potential customer or by those that are managing a job site owners etc. So I think just that general appearance starts right there internally. And I think business leaders and management need to communicate why it's important. Because if you are, if you look better, you're probably going to feel better. And if you look and feel better, you're probably going to perform better and be more concerned about the quality of the work that you put. And I think it bleeds all the way through, even when you go home, I think you're going to do a better job in life if, if you're trying to do a better job at work. Mm -hmm. What about overcoming the perception problem externally to those outside of the construction industry? Being proud of what we do in a, not in a, in a arrogant way, but in a take confidence and have pride in the work that you're doing and why it's important that, that we do the work that we're doing. I know when I was a, a young father, I would always take my kids to the projects that I was working on and show them you know, what we were doing. And, and I know, you know, my wife was probably tuned out half the time. I'm explaining, you know, yeah, we ran into this and we had to shim this and cut that a little differently. And she didn't necessarily know what I was talking about, but she, she would always tell me how interested I obviously was in the work that I was doing. And so because mm -hmm. of that, she, she was made her proud that I cared so much about these things to take the time to explain the detail. And so I think that stuff just bleeds through and, uh, and customers externally, other companies um, I've noticed in the, you know, especially in the restoration industry, we, we have a lot of companies that do restoration or emergency work. The vans are always wrapped properly. Everything's clean. They've got their shirt with the name on, you know, and all these things that are pretty uniform. And I think it instills confidence in customers when they see that. Yeah. I like the, the passion aspect of what you were just saying there of, uh, you know, when you put your passion on display to people, it's, it's kind of infectious and people, whether they, they know what you're saying or not, they get excited by seeing you excited about something. And so taking the time to, to share that is, is a big thing. Yeah. 
I think too, uh, really collaborating with other peers in industries. I love, love, love being a part of uh, AGC, Associated General Contractors, CFMA, Construction Financial Management Association, ABC, all the other acronyms of yeah. building organizations that bring people together and educate and train and kind of raise the level, raise the, the, the level of the bar for everybody. And I think that collaboration with others helps us all get better. And, and uh, sometimes it's okay to share best practices, even with your competitors uh, in general. I mean, not trade secrets necessarily, but things that will help raise the, the world's perception of our industry if we all kind of do this together. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Um, so one of the big kind of institutional hurdles that I see the industry needs to overcome really starts back in high school. And that there's, there's such a big, I think, kind of well-intentioned push from guidance counselors to get as many kids as possible to go to college. But how do you help them, the guidance counselors, see that construction is a valid and a prosperous career path for a lot of kids? I think one of the important things as trades organizations, we need to do a better job of getting in front of those high school congregations, those, those student mm -hmm. bodies. Uh, maybe having a career or, or uh, what do they call them? Uh, fairs, job, yeah, yeah. Fairs. job fairs, uh, other things like that, where people have an opportunity to come and learn about that. I mean, we see that with the military, the armed forces, they'll come by and recruiters and, and I think construction needs some of that too. I think there's a lot of people, especially if they're in the, you know, the wood shop or metal shop classes. And, and I, I don't, my perception of them today from my kids going through school, uh, there seems to be less of a focus on those. And when I was in school, everybody took those and that was your funnest class. So yeah, if I, they even have them in the schools I don't at all, it's about it these days, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, why do you think the construction industry has allowed this perception problem to persist? I, I think the one, the one thing with contractors, uh, they just know how to get work done. Uh, when it's time to get work done, I think they bury their head in work. And so historically, we haven't been marketers. We're not computer people in, in terms of the, the, you know, going way back, the perception. Uh, software being adopted by construction is, is now really important and critical to compete. But 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, that just wasn't wasn't the same as it is now. Mobile technology has opened the floodgates to all of that and made it critical. If you're going to be competitive, you have to have mobile solutions and live field data and cloud-based solutions with dashboards and instant visibility for multiple people. Those things are becoming a requirement if you're, if you're going to not only thrive, but survive. So I think that part's getting better, but I, I think there's still a gap from a marketing perspective in, in the construction industry. Yeah. So how do you go about changing that mindset? That's a, it's a pretty radical mindset shift. Yeah, it is. I, I think, you know, you've kind of mentioned here and, and we talked about before starting that conversation, just opening that dialogue where we're actively participating in, in communication of this and sharing best practices. 
I think, again, social media or LinkedIn or advertising on those, you know, Facebook ads. I mean, I get them all the time for all kinds of things and services and, and, you know, you might, you might, your roof might have a leak and you don't know who to call and the ad pops up. You might, you might try, you're going to look at the reviews and, and all these other things, but you might purchase services or, uh, or materials or a project by somebody through those mediums. So those didn't exist 15 years ago or 10. So it's just new and we've got to do a better job educating and having those conversations. And I think, again, those uh, user conferences, a lot of them are virtual right now and hopefully we'll get back to the in-person stuff. But I think where people are taking classes and comparing notes and having forums where they're communicating of these things is a, a critical piece that, that we need to do a better job of. Those leaders that have already figured this stuff out, uh, I hope that they will continue to step up and share that with others so that they can get the good word out and, and again, raise the level and the bar for all of us. Hey, innovators. Over the last year hosting this podcast, recording over 65 episodes with the greatest minds throughout the construction industry, I started to notice common themes in each episode. We've had waves of disruption and a digital transformation impacting every aspect of construction and the leadership skills required to successfully navigate these waters. The simple fact is there are those who allow themselves to be carried along by the waves of changes taking place, and there are others who want to take an active part in changing things for the better. In my opinion, during times of disruption, good leadership is all the more important. People will follow a compelling vision and are looking for leaders to pave the way no matter where they are in the industry. So I decided to compile my thoughts into an ebook for my listeners. You can download my new ebook titled Leading Through Disruption and Digital Transformation for free at bridgingthegappod.com slash ebook. Once you do, I'd love to hear your feedback. As always, keep innovating. So is it more important to get everybody bought in to everybody's a marketer or just build out better, more robust marketing departments within the construction firms? Well, I, th I think kind of like we were saying earlier, starting a conversation with everybody. And then, and then like you said previously, just starting with something, let's, let's look at where we're good and, and see if we can improve that, but then let's try something new and additional mm -hmm. that we're not currently doing and focus on that, invest extra time, energy, and resources into making that successful. And if we, if we put enough of an emphasis on that, that, hey, this is where the bus is headed and you know, you're on or off the bus kind of an approach, I think we'll see companies make those changes that maybe they never thought were possible previously. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what kind of impact do you see it having on the skilled labor shortage and by it, uh, the marketing gap? I think it's huge because again, I just think without that awareness, I mean, I, an analogy I can bring up and, and uh, you know, I hate to bring up 9-11, but I have to be completely honest. I will never ever in my life look at or feel uh, the same way about uh, a first responder because of that experience. I just mm. have respect and for sure I did before, but I just, it wasn't the same and the military, you know, 
they can have my first class ticket if I get an upgrade, if they're getting on my an, an airplane I'm on. Yeah. Because of course, I mean, that's just how I feel about it. And it's because of those tragedies and those challenges that brought that to my attention and made me feel differently about it. And so mm -hmm. I think, um, not in the same way, but in a way, raising the awareness somehow and bringing attention to those things is uh, is the best way to change the conversation. And it, where other industries have figured these things out and construction is, is behind in technology adoption as a whole. Now, some construction companies, customers we have, some of them have literally hundreds of software programmers that are on the payroll of the construction company. And it's because they have constant needs in IT infrastructure, in software solutions, in integrations. And so they, they employ people to make sure to keep their construction projects up to speed all the time through innovation. And yeah. you're, you know, these are contractors or electrical or, or whatever trade. And so I think, I think some companies have figured that out and are really, really capitalizing and being wildly profitable compared to how they would be if they weren't using those tools. Mm -hmm. But for the little guy that, that, you know, barely has a website up and doesn't, you know, hasn't done these things. I think back to your question, pick something and really, really put a big focus on it and then measure that improvement. You can't manage what you don't measure. So measure those results and then figure out how you can expand it and make that better. And I think you'll be well on your way and sold on the idea that this is a gap. And as more companies start to do this, it's going to force others to get on the train that that is really going to lead us all to a better place. Yeah. Love that. All about the the measuring aspect of it as well, too. Because if, if you don't set the the destination in mind, you have no idea if you reached it. So do you think that the the last year has helped or hurt the perception problem? I think it's helped a lot, honestly. I think uh even even for myself, I I just realize, wow, where would we be without contractors to expand data centers, to build all of these facilities to to have again, even the like the network infrastructure and the the, the technology companies that needed to expand. These are contractors that are allowing that to happen. So I, I think there's just more awareness that uh, even construction companies are using the heck out of Zoom and uh, remote meetings. Uh, when we do web presentations or product demos or have conference calls or planning meetings with, with our construction customers or prospects, uh, if I look back three or four or five years ago, a lot of them didn't know how to even join a GoToMeeting properly or they would struggle to get on a, a webinar of some sort. They, yeah. they weren't fluent, didn't know their way around the technology to have a, an easy meeting. And now they're all used to it. They have it figured out. It, I, I love it actually. I think it's just raising awareness that these tools are really nice. And now I see people actually willingly getting on the video chats too, where even a year ago before all this was going on, nobody ever opened up their camera. I mean, sure. they, you know, you didn't, you didn't know who you were talking to. So I, yeah. That now. Yeah, I agree. I, I, the video aspect is a, 
has been a fun little uh, social experiment. <laughs> and now it is kind of weird when you're on a, a call and the other person doesn't share their video. That's a the total flip on its head from this time last year. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you, what's kind of been the biggest surprise for you in the, the last year around the, the strength of the construction industry? As I look back on customers I talk with every day, uh, companies that I meet at a few of the live events, it's been, again, uh, we, I was at the Con Expo and World of Concrete last year. Those went in for February and March, so we're not quite, we're about 11 months or so uh, mm. since I was there. And then there have been two or three other events that I've been to in person since. And uh, what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing is that companies have had to figure out how to be more efficient with less people with social distancing requirements, safety requirements, COVID testing, all of these other things. Companies have had to pivot and adapt and innovate quickly. And I think of any industry out there, construction are masters at adapting. I mean, we are freaking survivors. We just we just keep coming like the zombies, right? <laughs> um, so uh, good zombies, but uh, <laughs> friendly zombies, huh? <laughs> like you, you can't, uh, you just can't shake a contractor that's determined. I mean, they they're gonna figure things out that are that are difficult. For sure, would cave under the pressures and the stresses, and and give up on the solutions. But contractors just figure out how to try, 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 and try again. And so I think because of that nature and that work ethic and that get it done attitude that we have, that blue collar, you know, just move out of the way. I'm going to take care of this approach. Um, I think it's served us well in this environment. And so a lot of us have figured out what we're made of. We've figured out who we are. We figured out that we can adapt, we can adjust. And I, I've talked to many companies that have had their best year ever in construction during this time, which is Hats off. <laughs> crazy, really. If, if you look at across the boards, um, if, you, if, you, if you didn't lose very much money, that's a win uh, in the current economy for you know, what a lot of companies are measuring themselves by. Yeah, oh, for sure. Well, how do people get a hold of you and find out more information about what you're doing? Yeah, so our, our website is workmax.com. We have a mobile data collection solution for time and labor and production tracking. And uh, we help companies fill out safety forms and track their equipment and really just live visibility of what's going on in their projects. So you can look at us there on our website. And we do have a, a podcast called the Mobile Workforce Podcast also that Todd, you were just a guest on also. And um, and then you can look at us on LinkedIn. We're just at WorkMax. We've got a group there. You can follow along and we, we bring announcements and different things there. And, and then of course on Instagram and the socials at WorkMax underscore. So. Awesome. Last question. What does innovation mean to you? Okay, great question. So innovation to me is figuring out a more effective and efficient way of doing something with equal or higher quality. So shattering the possibilities, expanding your horizons and figuring out a better way to, to accomplish the same or a more powerful task. Yeah, nice. Like the, the shattering what's possible. 
Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Mike, thanks so much for joining the show and for the the full two-part conversation. Really enjoyed uh, unpacking all that. That was awesome. Thank you. Lots of fun. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll have to jump on and do this again down the road. Sounds good. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take. I've said it before and I will continue to say it. Construction has a marketing problem. We as an industry must start doing a better job telling the true story of innovation and career opportunities this industry holds. If you are not telling your story, you leave it to others to fill in the gap with inaccurate information. People want to hear the success stories that are out there. Make sure they are bridging the gap correctly. Second take, put your passion on display for others to see. When someone is truly passionate about something, it becomes contagious to others. Go talk about your work and why you care about it to others inside and outside of the industry. Final take. Mike talked about the value of attending various user conferences and learning from peers. I agree. There are some really great options out there, even in our mostly virtual world. Put yourself out there and get involved, whether it's at MEP Force, with MCAA, Mika, SMACA, AGC, ABC, you know, pick your acronym, but get involved. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software, at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is directed and produced by Todd Wyant. Edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2021.